Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzovino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. John chapter 14 and verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, paraclete, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now, I didn't have any intention on doing such a thing. But the Spirit of God has been speaking to my heart to not only teach from the Word, but also teach from example concerning the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, particularly in the Spirit-filled believer. You know, sometimes we get carried away by the emotional realm. And it's only exciting if we've shouted or got, you know, goosebumps. But, you know, that's not so. I'll be honest with you. On the contrary, if you'll find out almost every manifestation of the Spirit of God and angels throughout the New Testament... I don't see where any of them was all that excited. I see Paul in awe on the road to Damascus when the Lord Jesus manifests himself to him. I see Cornelius and the others that had angels stand in fear, awesome fear, whenever God sent an angel to manifest himself to them and to their senses. Or brought them into the realm of the Spirit. I see John on the Isle of Patmos. Beholding the glory of the Lord. In such respect and reverence. And I see him standing in that presence. Oh glory. Make you want to go off in tongues right there. But you see. What I'm trying to say is. I see Ezekiel. With the Spirit of God coming into him. Manifesting himself to him. Putting him on the ground. Picking him back up. And I see him standing there, very unemotional, but very much in the Spirit, but very much in the Spirit. And as I look throughout all, all of the manifestations, whether they be of the Holy Ghost or these others, I see a quietness, and as I said, sometimes even a fear. Peter, when that angel came and smote him and got him out of that jail, said, I didn't even know. Until I got out the gate and said, of a surety, the Lord sent his angel. This was not an emotional thing, but a very real manifestation of an angel. Do you see what I'm saying? 
too often times we get to that realm, which is okay. But you see, we can't stop there and shouldn't stop there. Because there's always more. And sometimes you just got to tune in. Tune in to the Spirit of God. Tune in to what's going on. And so I didn't expect to do anything by example, but that's just how it went. Because that's what the Spirit of God did. But you don't turn that on and turn that off. I've done that in a long time, but whatever you do. Gifts are as the Spirit wills, not as you will. Just because I've been using those things doesn't mean I turn them on or turn them off or whatever. Matter of fact, I just more lean towards the other side, not yielding as much as I should probably. Because of wildfire and fanaticism. But uh, I want you to note that the primary reason that the Holy Ghost came inside you was to manifest himself to you, to manifest the Father to you, to make known the reality of the Father and Jesus to your spirit. That is the primary reason why he came into you. And in verse 18, it said, I will not leave you comfortless. That is, an orphan. I'll not leave you an orphan. I'll not leave you desolate. I'll not leave you without help. Forlorn, I'll just not leave you. I'm coming in the person of the Holy Ghost, and I will manifest myself in you. And when I come in, the Holy Ghost, down there in verse 21 and 23, the Holy Ghost will unveil to us the Father in Jesus. Oh, yes, He will. He will unveil to you the Father in Jesus. That is His primary function in the life of the believer. The work first is within, and then, of course, through. For if he did not come within, then he would not minister through. So the primary function of the Holy Ghost is to manifest himself in you. Look at chapter 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will, first of all, guide you in all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. He shall receive a mind and show it unto you. Here we see again. His primary reason, again, is to guide and to teach the believer from within. To speak to you in your spirit. To show you things to come. Now, those are vitally important. It's necessary. But notice, first of all, it comes within. I cannot tell you. How much I attribute praying in tongues to the revelation knowledge I have received from my Heavenly Father through His Word. I cannot tell you how the Spirit of God has directed my spirit, illuminated my mind because of praying in the Spirit. Not in church. I cannot tell you how invaluable it is to have the Spirit of God open up your eyes to faith. To the realm of faith. To the operation of faith. How faith works. How it operates. And what, it's, what kind of a blessing it's been unto us and to our family. I cannot share that with you. But I want you to know that it's all attributed to the work of the Holy Ghost within. Which every believer has and can have. For 1 Corinthians told us that he's going to come and unveil. He's revealed unto us all things that the Father has prepared for us. The Holy Ghost does this. That's his primary function, to work within the heart, the life, the spirit of the believer to unveil to his spirit these wonderful truths. Well, another thing that has so been neglected by the body of Christ, again, in the charismatic circles and Pentecostal circles, we have 
spoken with other tongues. That's a manifestation. But we have thought that was the primary function of the Holy Ghost. Not recognizing Romans 8.11 that says, But if the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. And praying in other tongues will activate the power of the Holy Ghost that's inside you and the power of healing that's inside your spirit by the Holy Ghost that's in you and effect a cure and work a healing in your body if we'll do it. Oh, I cannot express unto you how invaluable it is to understand and know the Holy Ghost within See, he's come to bear witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. This is more important. And the emphasis should be on the Holy Ghost within than the manifestation of the Holy Ghost without. Because if he didn't have within, what would he do without? How could he work through you if he's not in you? Do you see what I'm saying? But yet I see here where there's a tendency to, to go over to the other side. And because of going to the other side, we've neglected the primary function of the Holy Ghost. He said, I came so you wouldn't be an orphan, desolate, left without. I came to be a helper, a guide. I came to be an advocate, an intercessor, a strengthener, a helper, a standby. That's why I came. Yet so many will sit back and say, oh, I just can't get any help from God. Why not? I can't get any strength. Well, the strengthener is within you. Well, the helper is within. The one that will illuminate your mind and give direction to your spirit is within. That same one that will teach you and guide you in all truth. Someone says, I just can't remember the things of, that Jesus spoke. Well, I never had a problem with that. I've always said that the Spirit of truth has come unto me. And he's come in John 14, 26 for the purpose of bringing all things to my remembrance whatsoever. Jesus has spoken unto me. Hallelujah. And that's been my confession ever since I got saved. The Holy Ghost is in me to bring all these things into my remembrance. Isn't that what Jesus said he'd do? Isn't that what he said he'd do? Hallelujah. So I agree with what God said. Well, then what about these manifestations from without? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. Let's, let's look at this scripture here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. We are not to be ignorant of the manifestation of the Holy Ghost in the life of the believer. But we are not to be involved in wildfire nor fanaticism either. And not abuse and misuse the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, which should be reverenced. If any individual is used by God in the Spirit, that gift should be reverenced. You should reverence the manifestation of God in your life. Now, I want you to see something in verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, and actually a better translation would be now concerning things pertaining to the Spirit, brethren, I would not have you what? Now, turn over very quickly to chapter 14 and look at verse 38. Brother Paul sums it up in verse 38 and says, But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant still. If any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Now, I don't know why it is, but seemingly we have neglected the teachings here in, in when it comes to spiritual gifts. I don't know why. And I don't know why it's so hard sometimes for many to understand. I have tried personally to communicate the gifts of the Spirit. And seemingly, that round, that's such a, such a fine line in that round that, that there are just many that just will not listen, that will not receive or understand. I believe that every believer that ever has a manifestation of the Spirit of God in your life, you should be saying, Father, I'd not be ignorant of spiritual things. I will not be ignorant of spiritual things. And study these chapters and go over these chapters. To make sure that we are accurately manifesting the Spirit of God in our lives. 
Because if there's one thing that I never want to do, and that's belittle the Holy Ghost in me and through me, I'll not do that. Sometimes I'm very reluctant even to step out because of this very fact. I'd rather be over, overly cautious than to just get out there into the realm of the emotional realm where it, doesn't, it discredits God, the Holy Ghost, and the Word. See, I, I don't like that. I don't appreciate that, and I don't think God does either. So, what I want to share with you is God's... Go back to chapter 14, verse 1. God's program for the gifts of the Spirit. Follow after charity. Now, now I'm not going to say this, but what did the Holy Ghost just say a little bit ago? About us walking in love. Follow after love. It doesn't say follow after spiritual gifts, does it? It says follow after what? Do you know why that is in line with the Word of God and the Holy Ghost manifesting Himself? Because the commandment is to love one another. Jesus said, when the Holy Ghost comes and you continue in my love, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, would be a paraclete to you. And then, he said, if you keep my love commandment, then the Holy Ghost would unveil the Father and myself, Jesus, to you. And if you keep my word, then, see, he says, we'll come and make our abode with you and manifest ourselves to you. And that's in the person of the Holy Ghost. That's how the Holy, Holy Ghost is going to do that. So if we follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, then we are actually flowing with the program of God. But too often times there are many, as I previously stated to you, that have had other people lay hands on them and say, well, you got the Holy, you got a gift of the Holy Ghost. Now go out and say, well, I don't know anything about it. I don't know how to use it, but I'll just try to do something with it here. And actually are just, if I may, without being rude, are really ignorant of spiritual things, as Paul said here. Well, you say, what makes you so that you know it? I never did profess to know it all. But what I do know, I value. And what I don't know, I don't step out into. I sit back. I observe. I'm not trying to be more spiritual than I am. I'm just letting God use me for what I am and for what I'm doing right now. And when I grow and learn more, I'll do it accurately, not inaccurately. Do you see what I'm saying? I'd rather sit back and say, well, that felt, I, you can say all you want, praise God. I'm just going to sit back and grow at my own speed. I don't need to have anybody put pressure on me that way. I've had pressure put on me too often where people think you've got to perform up there. You know, this is not a spiritual theater. Where'd that come from? I said, this is not a spiritual theater. And I'm not acting. And if I don't know, I'll tell you I don't know. There's some things that happen uh, in people's lives. Sister Donna right over here has had some things happen in Travel. I, I don't know. I can only offer the information that I have, but I, I don't have all the answers. I, I don't know. I've not been there. If I was there, maybe I would know a little bit more, but I, I wasn't there. I've had types of it, but not to the degree that she's had. So, praise God, we'd have to learn together. Am I right? I don't know everything there is to know about God. Do you? I'm learning, but I'm doing it slowly, step by step, accurately, so that I don't belittle the precious manifestation of the Spirit of God as it has been done in the charismatic and Pentecostal circles. My brother and sister, I'm just speaking what God's got on my heart. I'm not belittling any of the moves. I'm just saying that 
a misuse of it is discredit to God. And I don't want to discredit God in my life. So look at here. Follow after charity. Follow after charity. Now, in verse 31 of chapter 12, which is the last verse, Paul said, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. An excellent way to what? To covet the gifts. A more excellent way to be used in the manifestation of the Holy Ghost through you is to follow love. And it's talk, that's why the love chapter is right in there. And he said, primarily, if you'll follow love, and love is given to you by the Holy Ghost that's manifest inside your spirit when you're born again, if the love of God should have brought in your heart was put there by the Holy Ghost, and He is love, then, of course, the more I yield to love, the more I yield to the Holy Ghost. Say, I want to follow the Holy Ghost, follow the divine flow of love. See, I couldn't resist or stop from you know, having this offering tonight, but I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I couldn't stop to manifest in prophecy there because I couldn't do it. If you flow with divine love, you'll flow with God. You're not prophesying or calling things out to show I'm a somebody. Never do that. On the contrary, a lot of times I'll just sit back even if I got something and just say, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to give, bring any attention to myself or to, to me. And that's why sometimes I'll just sit back there. Because you see, this is wrong. This is not following after love. Love does not, does not seek its own good, but seeks others good. See, I don't want to bring any credit to myself, any attention to myself. If I do, then my flesh will not glory in his presence. And so, you see, a manifest, being used in a manifestation of the Spirit of God, now listen to me, when God uses us in these manifestations, actually, I consider it to be almost a time to watch out. Watch out for spiritual pride. Watch out for misuse of the gifts. And just sit back there. When someone comes along and says, Boy, that was really great. Forget it. Forget it. It wasn't great. It was God. It wasn't me, so it couldn't have been great. It was God. You see what I mean? It's too easy to get caught up there and say, Yeah, God used me this way. But that's not following after love. Because love wouldn't, you know, draw attention to oneself. And so when God uses us in the Spirit, we can be as quiet and just more or less be in the background and let God speak through us and let Him get what He wanted to get across to the other people and just draw back into the background and don't act like, well, just act like as though it wasn't you. Because it wasn't. It was God anyhow. Actually, to be used of God, God's got to possess you. And if God's possessing you, manifesting Himself through you, then it was God who manifested himself through you. If it was God manifesting himself through you, it wasn't you. Do I have to say that again? If it wasn't God, if it was God manifesting himself through you, it wasn't you. But when, when a devil possesses somebody and does things that the devil did to people, like the madman of Gadara, it wasn't really the man, but it was the devil possessing the man and the devil doing it through the man. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, if we are really yielding to the Holy Ghost as he was yielding to the devil... Well, then actually, you've been, you're yielded to God, and God's manifesting himself to you. God's doing it through you. Is this not something that I can do? And I'll be honest with you. I'd rather wait until I'm about to explode on the inside. May I use that expression without saying, watch your words? You know what I'm talking about. I've never been one to be that way, but you know what I'm talking about. On the inside, I wanted to explode. In other words, God was getting so big in me that it just had to come out. And there's a lot of times, and I'm only teaching this by examples just to give teaching, you know, to help. 
not draw, draw attention to myself. Sometimes I'll be preaching, like almost happened here about three times, almost slipped off into tongues just while I'm talking now. But, but right off, I didn't even know I was going to. Just didn't even know I was going to. See, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for teaching purposes, just to help, to show us some things that I believe will help us in our spiritual life to allow the Holy Ghost to manifest Himself through us in an accurate way. And it's always been in such a way that it seemed like it was under the same anointing and just drawing, just like God, just manifest himself, drawing out of me, pouring it out of me. And it's just like it, you can just sense it. You just know it's happening in the Spirit. And there's no effort to it at all because it's just God manifesting himself. Just like we could just, just talk without hardly any expression, but just, that was God speaking to me. I know that. I don't question that in my mind. See, the more yielded we are, the more God possesses, the more God can speak and use us, through us. But the more aware we are of God in us, and the more accurately we walk in His love, then, of course, the more accurate the manifestation of the gift is going to be. You ever notice that when God manifests Himself, you're usually giving? God's a giver. But did you ever notice when it was false... That a person was a taker, trying to get some glory for himself. I've heard people prophesy doom and gloom, and all it did was bring glory to them, as a person or as an individual. Wasn't edifying, wasn't you know any exhortation, no, wasn't any comfort, but it brought glory to them. Oh, look, this, look at this person. Did you hear that? You hear what they said? See, that's not love. Drawing attention to self is not operating. In love by the Holy Ghost. Well, there's other things we need to know. Go over here to the... Well, you don't need to turn to this scripture. I'll just quote it to you. Remember over there in Philippians 2.13 where it says, God is at work within us. God is at work where? Both to do and to will of His good pleasure. And over there in 1 John 4, 16, where it says, He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in. When I'm walking in love, I'm walking in God. When I'm walking in God, God is at work within me. And when God is at work within me, both to will and to do of His good pleasure, then you know that through you, He's going to give to somebody. That's all God has pleasure in. Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you ever notice that you are the receiver and God is the giver? And when you are used of God, God just gives through you to somebody else? Do you see that? Are you seeing how love is involved in causing us to accurately be used by the Holy Ghost in the gifts? Because we are so yielded to love that love is just pouring out of us. And because of it, God is pouring out of us, working then through us. So if God is working in us in love, then God working through us will also be love manifest into this realm, won't it? Did you ever notice when the gifts of the Spirit were really operating and being used properly, that someone was being blessed? Either they got instruction from the Holy Ghost, or they got direction from the Holy Ghost, or they got a blessing from the Holy Ghost. Because that was love. Be made manifest. 
See, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you pray the perfect will of God, and the Spirit of God knows the needs of mankind. And the gift is not for self, but the gift is so that the body can profit with all. And so since the gift is not for self, it's an unselfish act, isn't it? See, it's an unselfish act. So if any gift or any individual trying to manifest a, a gift is drawing attention to self, then of course this is not of God. But is it of the devil? No. No, it just means that they're not learned. See, they're not, they're not taught. They're not learned in the Scriptures. They don't understand love. They've not learned because they've not sought and followed love and then desired to be used in the gifts. Now, this is very important if we are going to grow in this realm of God manifesting Himself through us. I want to show you if... I don't know if you ever noticed this, but did you, did you notice that in these chapters here in, in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 12, 13, and 14, especially 14, 14, did you notice that Paul primarily talked about tongues, interpretation of tongues... And prophecy. Did you notice that? How many of you noticed that? Sure. You say, why did Paul spend a whole chapter on tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy? Well, because these are the gifts that are misused more often than any other. Here is where a person usually starts in the things of the Spirit and usually ends up getting into error. And you know, I don't know about you, but I don't think a Pentecostal church or a charismatic church or a full gospel church or whatever you want to call it, a word church, should be a place where outsiders come in and have confusion. And they come in and it's almost like as though we get the attitude that if, well, we're being blessed, if they're not, that's their fault. They ain't filled with the Holy Ghost. See, this is not true. I want you to see this. I want you to see what Paul said about the manifestation of the Holy Ghost in tongues, interpretation of tongues. Now, see, tongues... And the manifestation of tongues is, well, just like the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, He manifests Himself in us and He manifests Himself through us. Now, tongues is a twofold work. Tongues is primarily, the emphasis is primarily on private use. The emphasis is on primar- primarily is on private individual use of this gift. It's designed... To aid us and help us in our spiritual walk as an individual. In the church, it is a public use of this manifestation. But not every individual can operate in this public ministry of tongues. And not even they shouldn't even think that they can. Or you shouldn't think there's something wrong with you spiritually if you're not used Publicly, because publicly, not everybody's used. Matter of fact, it infers that there's not a whole lot used in that area. It's only as the Spirit wills. But does that mean that the use of tongues then is really not that important to the life of the believer? On the contrary, here's where I believe in charismatic circles we've missed it. The primary use of tongues is private. The emphasis is on private use. And we should understand how... The Holy Spirit cooperates with us as we pray in tongues and manifests Himself in us as we pray in tongues. Matter of fact, let's look at this verse 18. 
Now remember, love is governing your spirit when you use these gifts. Now I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. This is a very important statement made by the apostle. Especially where it's located. Right in the middle of this chapter where he is teaching on tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. He says, I, individually, myself, I pray with tongues more than all of you. Now, we've made, you know, sport of that by laughing and saying, yeah, he was a tongue talker. And boy, he really talked in tongues because if, if anybody talked more than the Corinthian bunch, they was a tongue talker. Right? Isn't that right? But in the next verse... He cannot be talking about in church then. Look at Yet in the church, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Now, it's evident that this great apostle spoke in tongues quite frequently. As a matter of fact, probably a lot. But it's more evident that when he was in the church teaching and instructing... There was probably little, if any, not any, but I mean little manifestations along these lines. Because he, by his own admission, said, I'd rather, just speak five, I'd rather speak only five words in my language than 10,000 words in tongues. And then, of course, except there being interpretation. And then that's another manifestation there. But this great apostle said, I'd rather... Speak in tongues. I'd rather speak in, in my language than in tongues with only five words than 10,000 words in another tongue. Evidently, although he spoke in tongues quite frequently and a lot, it was not primarily used in public worship. And he was really inferring that it's not really the same tongue that you have in your own private prayer life. It's not primarily that same manifestation of the Holy Ghost. That's a devotional gift. When we get baptized in the Holy Ghost, infilled with the Holy Ghost, whichever way you want to say it, that is a devotional tongue, a devotional gift that is not the ministry of tongues publicly. And this is to be understood by every believer. But I see a neglect in private usage of the devotional gift because we've been led to believe that the real spiritual ones are the ones that's manifesting this gift in public service three times a week. But you see, we fail to realize that this is not the primary use of speaking with other tongues. It's not how many manifestations we get. It's, you know what I'm going to say about How big is he living in you? I said, how big is he living in you? That thrills me. I could just shout right now. How big is the Holy Ghost living in you? Because I've seen the same ones walk out the door and just about fall apart. Oh, the first church I ever started to minister at. I mean, this was a Pentecostal church. And I, I don't know, I don't know much. I'm just, like I said, I observe. I've learned through observation, association. I just sit back. I'd go up there and preach. People come to the altar after I'm done preaching. Fall under the power. I'd go back there again and preach. Same people come to the altar. Fall under the power. I'd go back there next week and preach. Same people come to the altar, fall into the power. After about ten weeks in a row, I began to get a little bit inquisitive. I almost didn't want to pray for him. 
Now these be the ones that be back there praying in other tongues and speaking on tongues and, and, and prophecy and tongues, interpretation of tongues, and then... And I'm going, if you're so spiritual and you got all this blessing, what's the problem? And are you really going out under the power? Or do you know there's somebody behind you? No, I'm being honest. I'm being honest. That's the only way I know to be. Are you going out under the power? Or you just know there's somebody back there going to catch you? Sometimes you can fool them and walk away. What are you saying? I'm saying I don't like, I don't like to play with the things of God. I said I don't like to play with the things of God. I never did and I never want to. But I've seen where it's been so abused and so misused that some denominational people don't even want to walk into a full gospel church. I mean, that's all they do. See? And so then I'd find out, finally you get to know people once you've been there long enough. People's lives were a wreck. But they're all the ones that are using all these gifts. Not that God can't use anybody, but that way. But I mean... Well, if God's going to use these people and they're going to just use these gifts, you mean this great God that's manifesting Himself through them can't do anything for them? See, this was beyond me. I said, you mean this great God? Hallelujah. That raised Jesus from the dead, that's living inside you, that's manifesting Himself through you, cannot sustain you, cannot help you? This baffled me. I said, I'd rather be the other way around. I'd rather be more leery and cautious as to how He manifests Himself through me and just wait till I get him as big inside me, hallelujah, till I'm ready to explode. Then let him live through me. Do you see what I'm saying? I always had the reversal. I'd rather just sit back and observe. Like a child, an inquisitive child. And then grow up. Slowly but surely. And I begin to see these things. See, you've got to be... You've got to be careful when you get out there to the realm of the Spirit. Because when you get out there in the realm of the Spirit, there's two spirits out there. And it's too easy to get hooked up with the wrong one. And this is what I've seen. And I found out why, after so long, they, these same ones ended up in insane asylums. You know why? Because they was yielding to the wrong spirit. That's why. Oh, yeah, you've got to watch. You can't turn off God and turn them on anytime you want to use them. These are genuine gifts. But you see here, Paul put the emphasis on private use, not on public use. He said, in the church I'd rather speak five words in a known language than 10,000 words in tongues. Well, then when did he do all his speaking in tongues in his own private life? The emphasis should be there on your own private life, in your own private life. There's where we should be practicing this gift and using this gift. You say, why? Well, actually, I'm glad you asked. Gift, the gift of other tongues puts us into vital communion with the Holy Ghost. Do you know what that means? The third person of the Godhead is manifesting himself in the life of the believer for the purpose of unveiling all the redemptive work 
of Christ to our hearts. That's why He's here. The more you talk with Him, the more you will know. The more you communicate with Him, the more He will unveil. And when I pray in the Spirit, I speak not unto men, but unto... You getting it? Let's go on here and read some of these things and I'll show you. Verse 21. No, 20. Brethren, be not children in understanding. Howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that, all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. Now, I just prophesied. How many of you are believers? Raise up your hand. Prophesying is for who? Actually, I didn't really need to speak in tongues before I prophesied. But if I did and there was a non-believer here and I interpreted... It could have been very possible that what I spoke in tongues, I could have interpreted in English. And they may have known the language and heard the language and said, well, how did he do that? Now, that would be a sign, wouldn't it, for the non-believer? And don't you recall on the day of Pentecost when they spoke in other tongues, it was for the non-believer? And the non-believer heard them speaking in their own language, heard this manifestation? But in the church where there are believers, actually, the gift of prophecy will supersede the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Because ye are all believers. That's not saying that we can't use these two gifts together. We can. But yet, primarily in the church, Paul said, he's speaking about the church. He's saying that prophecy is greater. And prophecy is not really for the non-believer. It's for the believer. See, but for them which believe. If therefore, verse 23, the whole church become together into one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned. I want you to see something here. Why was Paul so concerned about those that came in that were unlearned? Looks like he cared about them, didn't it? Looks like he cared about those that came into his services that were unlearned. Now notice this. Or unbelievers, even an unbeliever. Will they not say ye are mad? See, we're not talking about private usage now. We're talking about public. Where you do have that chance that someone will walk in who is unlearned or an unbeliever. And one can be unlearned and still a believer. You see, both. Unlearned, in other words, a believer who is unlearned in the things of the Spirit. And also somebody who is an unbeliever. If they walk in, don't understand the think you're mad, walk out. And of course, you can't win them over. Well, but if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not. So in other words, so if in the church we have developed this gift, of course, as under the Spirit of God and as He will, a prophecy, then I could be standing here prophesying like I just did, and someone would just think I'm just talking. Even if they were unlearned, or if they were an unbeliever. You see? They would just think I'm talking. Because I'm talking in my own language. See, prophecy is inspired utterance in a known language. But tongues is inspired utterance in an unknown language. So then, Paul's saying, let's consider the unlearned and let's consider the unbeliever. If they walk into your assembly and all you're doing is speaking with tongues, 
they'll think you're mad. And they won't learn. If it's misused, if it's used properly, it can edify. But that's why he said, but rather, desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may what? Prophesy. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, lest he interpret. Do you see that? So he's considering them. So here we see that the Holy Ghost then can manifest this gift through the believer. But primarily this, this gift of other tongues is a devotional gift used in private prayer life more than anything else. Used for edification in the individual's life to build up the believer. So you see, the primary use of this devotional gift has been neglected and it's only been incorporated into the public worship service. Now, I love and enjoy when we all pray in tongues together and worship in tongues together. That's what it's used for, primarily, in public worship. Because we all can do that, but we all can't speak in tongues in, in public ministry. I'm talking about the gift of public ministry in tongues. But I tell you what, you, you don't want to come in my prayer closet. I turn loose sometime. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You see what I'm saying? That's what it's primarily used for. But when we get here, and the Spirit of God moves on us, we've got to channel that and always be aware that we are now in public. And for sake of not hurting a, a believer who is unlearned, and for sake of not getting an unbeliever to run out the back door, see, we allow the Spirit of God use us in a proper way. So that they too can come in and enjoy and not walk out and never come back. You see what I'm saying? This is what he's saying here. But if all prophesy and there come in one that believeth not or unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest and will falling down. I love, and so falling, I love this. Falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. Glory. You want to start confessing that with me? We so accurately use the Word of God and prophesy that when the unlearned and when the non-believer come into our assembly, there's such a manifestation of the glory and power of God that they fall to their face and repent right there and say, man, God is living in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But now I want you to see something. He said, if it's, if it's wild, he said, they'll think you're mad. But if it's channeled right, he said, they'll say, God's in you. Now, I've learned to believe the Word. The Word said that. Did it say that? So, I disagree with the Word. You see how easy it is? I agree with the Word. I agree. Now, that doesn't say we can't worship in tongues. You know, when we're all corporately, collectively worshiping in tongues. We're talking about continuous manifestations of speaking with other tongues. Actually, in a believing church, the other gift... Prophecy is greater. So he said, rather that ye prophesy. Rather that ye prophesy. Except ye give the tongue an interpretation. And I've, I've seen myself using this gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues. And actually, to, to, with me, it works together. With me, when I speak in tongues, I interpret immediately. In me, it works that way. That's, that's how I've been using that gift. I don't know why, but it's just the way it is. It's whenever I go off into tongues, I just go right off into English also. 
Now, I, I, see, it's, it's for personal use. I'll never forget the first time one of these manifestations happened in my life. I was driving down at Rhema. I was driving to, to work one night. It was late at night. My wife was pregnant with BJ, and I didn't know, you know, we didn't know it was a boy or a girl, of course. And I got in the car, like I said, I think you can look out when I'm alone. I'll tell you what, I was alone just recently, and I get back to that, but I was alone recently. took my wife up to the store, and I was in the car. I dropped her off. I said, I'll drop her off by the door, and I said, I'll go park the car, and I'll come back in, honey. You know, and I dropped her off, and I just started speaking in tongues, and, you know, getting a little excited and speaking in tongues and speaking in tongues. And, yeah, you've done it. I know you've done that. But when I got out of the car, I forgot to stop. I was really somewhere else. I, didn't, I, just started, I just shut the door and I'm walking, speaking in tongues, and I'm walking up to the, the... And finally I get about this far away, as far right here from two older ladies. And I, then I realized, I looked, I go... And they look back at me like this. And of course I just more or less said, oh, praise God. I mean, but I didn't do that on purpose. I just wasn't realizing what I was doing at the time. I didn't, you know, I wasn't thinking about that. But when I was down at school, you know, and, and I didn't turn this on. I, I didn't try to make this work for me. But I, I was just driving to work when I, it was a late 11.30 and I'm driving, you know, down to work. And I started carrying off in the tongues. And it's never happened to me before. I was carrying off in the tongues. I mean, I was just going to town, man. Glory to God. You know, a lot of times when I was a child, sometimes we just go off and just keep on going. Sometimes it still happens, but sometimes we channel it better. But whatever, I was going off in the tongues, a hundred miles an hour, so to speak. And all of a sudden, I went right off in English. And right out of my spirit, said, and your boy. And your boy. And I was puzzled. See, it's not all emotional. I'm telling you something right now. It's when, when, when it comes out of here, you, you go, I was more amazed than anything else. And something hit me down here in my belly, said, you're going to have a boy. You're going to have a boy. I went home and told my wife. I said, honey, we're going to have a boy. She says, I, 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 I just don't want to take the fun out of it. I mean, but, you know, all the excitement out of it. We're going to have a boy. The suspense, whatever you want to call it. We're going to have a boy. And there were some other things that were said. But it came right out of here. And, and sure enough, BJ's a boy. <laughs> sure enough, he is. By, by the way, since I'm on BJ, you mind if I take a side journey? Remember that service we had uh, at the school here on the 17th Thanksgiving service? I went home from that service just blessed and thanking God for what He did, and, you know. And I figured, well, that's nice. You know, the people, hallelujah, see the body of Christ getting together, and that's good. That's good that we're, you know, joining ourselves together and showing that we all believe that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. I came home that night. I was super abundantly blessed above measure. I was still singing and praying in tongues and went upstairs to the bedroom and changed my clothes. And I saw my, I have another guitar sitting over in the, in the bed. And BJ came up with me, followed me up. It was 10.38. I'm playing my guitar up there. I said, BJ, would you praise the Father with me? He said, yes, Daddy. And so he was at the end of the bed with his hands up in the air, you know, praising God. He's four years old. And uh, see the same spiritual thing I'm talking about in here, down here. I put my guitar down, and it was so strong here. I walked over to that little boy, and I said, BJ, do you love Jesus? He said, yes. And he looked me with 
very serious in the eyes. And he said, I said to him, Would you like to pray with Daddy and ask Jesus to come into your heart? He said, Yes. Yes, I would. And he looked at me real serious. I said, Then give me your hands and repeat after me. And I started to pray. And when we got done praying, he looked at me and threw his arms around my neck. And I said, now Jesus is in you. He says, I know, Daddy. I mean to tell you, four years old, we think that these little ones don't know, but they know. And on November the 17th at 10.38 p.m., he received Jesus into his heart. And he knows it. By the way, since, since we're being very informal, he said he'd like to have one of these Bibles here. <laughs> well, he figures people that get born again get Bibles in our church, right? Well, amen? Hallelujah. But see, that, that's, from, that's what I'm talking about. Now, you say, well, didn't you think about that before? Well, now, Listen. I believe we need to be led by the Spirit. I didn't want to just do that on my own. I could have done that, you know, sure. But I mean, this was in the Spirit. Actually, where he, he looked me never so serious, eyeball to eyeball, he knew what I said, he knew what I meant, and he said yes. Yes. Then he got a little bit shy, didn't want to tell nobody at first. He said, don't tell nobody. I said, it's okay, you can tell everybody, BJ. But it was, you know, his first reaction... But isn't that something? Where was I? <laughs> Just having a ball. Amen. But isn't that something? That witness from within. The Spirit of God manifesting Himself in our lives. But yeah, that was the first time that the Spirit of God used me in that way. But it was in my own private prayer life. Now, since I said that, look at the Scripture that confirms it. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And I never do anything that's out of the realm of the Word. Verse 13, Wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Now that's not talking about the public ministry. That's not talking about the public ministry. Now I want you to note this. That is talking about if we speak divine secrets unto God in other tongues, sometimes God will want you to know what you're speaking. And so we should always say, Father, I'm just going to spend some time and exercise my spiritual prayer life. And I'm going to exercise my spirit and pray devotionally. And uh, should there be something that I need to know, I pray that I may interpret. That's not going to happen every time you pray in tongues. But every once in a while, that, that gift can manifest. And you see, up, coming up out of your spirit, you can get direction that way. You can get to know what God wants you to know that way. Do you see what I'm saying? This has been, this is everyday life. This is where you live, on the job, in your home, where you go, in your car. See, that's been neglected. We tried to develop this here public ministry, and because of it, misuse. Everybody thinking they had a tongue and interpretation. That's why he told the people, everybody got a tongue, everybody got interpretation. But you see, the primary use of this devotional gift is for private use. And I'll show you some scriptures. Go back to the very first verse of that same 14th chapter. Now, he says here, 
We'll read right on down. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but that you may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. See, let's not overlook that. Speaketh not unto men, but unto God. <clears throat> Howbeit, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit, in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries or divine secrets. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men. See the difference? He that speaketh in tongues speaketh not unto men. He that prophesieth speaketh unto men. He that speaketh unto, unto men to what? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue. Now, I want you to see this. Edifieth who? Edifieth who? Himself. Primary use. And you, you couple that with verse 28. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the what? Are you ready for this? Even if somebody who has the public ministry gift of speaking with other tongues publicly, but there's no interpreter present, present said in the church, let him speak to himself and God. He speaketh not unto men, but unto God. And if there is no one to interpret, who is he supposed to speak to? Himself and God. So you see, really the emphasis is not put on the church. But yet you hear tongues and interpretation of tongues overly used in the Pentecostal charismatic churches because you see there's lack of understanding. And the problem with that is we see that it's not being done daily as a devotional gift. And the benefit that comes from this is tremendous. I have done this in my own life, and I've gotten word, I've gotten revelation, insight, depth into the truth. How do you think I learned the faith walk? And again, I'm not, I don't want to bring attention to myself. I'm sharing the help from my heart. I want you to know how I got to understand this. This is a diligent thing. You won't just understand faith overnight. I've been going strong for seven years, and I've got to keep on going strong because I'm, I'm not satisfied with what I know. But what I'm saying is, these are the tools. See, these are the tools. That's why the Spirit of God manifests Himself in you, and then that initial gift, this gift with other tongues, is so vitally important because it's this communication with the Holy Ghost that's in us. Our spirit is in vital contact and communion with the Holy Ghost that is within us, and He is teaching us in this capacity, in this way. He's teaching us from within. Now, it said over here that, he, that, that we, back in verse 4, said that he edifies himself. Now, if you couple that with Jude 20, and that'll be our closing scripture. I guess we're out of time here pretty soon. A couple more minutes. Jude 20, he edified himself. He, this we see again then is where the emphasis lies on the manifestation of other tongues in the life of the believer. Now, in Jude 20... The word edify, by the way, means to build up or to charge up. To charge up yourself. Now, in verse 20, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves, now notice this, on your most holy what? How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. That's praying with other tongues. Paul interpreted that in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, and said that when I pray in other tongues, my spirit prayeth. By the Holy Ghost that is within me. He's talking about tongues. But primarily in private use. And he's saying over here that you'll build yourself up on your most holy faith. 
Now see, I didn't know, I just did these things by faith, but I didn't know this scripture before. I didn't know that I was building up myself on my most holy faith because I was just doing it by faith. But then, of course, then comes the understanding. Now, in the next verse, some said, well, how do I walk in love? Well, here it is. Keep yourself in the love of God. In other words, praying in the Holy Ghost and building yourself up on your most holy faith will also keep you in the love of God. Now, you say, can you prove that? Well, we just proved it, I believe, by the scriptures we just mentioned. It's the Holy Ghost that sheds abroad the love of God inside our heart. Following after love and desiring spiritual gifts and the devotional gift, which is the Holy Ghost manifesting himself in us, who is love, you better believe it's going to keep you in the love of God. Do you see how and why? See, he's manifesting himself in you. Now, this is true Pentecost, if you really want to... To know what true Pentecost is all about. This is true. No, you won't look like any other average believer that, that the believer that doesn't, let's say, speak with other tongues. And really, we shouldn't have a calling card like that. That's that wild fanatic there. I've never, I'm not like that. And I don't believe that we should be that way. We shouldn't be fanatical. To where we get to a place that we're actually turning people away from coming to our assembly. This is, this is wrong. Said it right there. See, Paul says, in a church, I'd rather just teach and instruct you. And then when, they, when the unlearned come in, they can come and receive. They can get born again. They can get, you know, repent. But the primary use of this gift is for individual edification and growth and building up and keeping us in love. Well, can you see that? All right, let's all stand before the Lord. Teaching's over. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.